The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fix 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Benson, I'm your host. It's Wednesday. I don't care. It's a Brady Quinn football show. Hey, Brady. Look at you right now, man. The hair is looking amazing. At the hair is all over the place, bro. You look like either a frat guy from the 90s or you look like a mountain man. One of the two. Maybe a combination. Who knows? Well, that's not that far off. <laughs> I mean, that helps us segue into our first topic of conversation, which is, of course, a big As <laughs> you look at the rundown. <laughs> Man, I love having you on the podcast. Yeah, hey, do you want to talk to people about quinoa and how it upsets your stomach? No, not really. Um, I, I like. I, mean, I really like quinoa. Okay, behind the scenes, Will may or may not be having some stomach issues. I'm he brought fine. up the fact I'm that fine. some quinoa is, is not you? sitting well with them. Don't, don't and my comment to him was: most people tend to eat quinoa when they're having stomach problems. Not, not like quinoa is what caused me to have stomach problems. You remember? Uh, you remember the movie Ace Ventura? Yeah, of course. Right. When he asked, uh, ask, uh, he's like, hey, Ace, you got any more of that gum? They said, I'm going to reply to you in the same way. That's none of your damn business, and I'll thank you to stay out of my personal affairs. <laughs> um, uh, Andy in the chat says, let's talk rookie QBs. Okay. You want to talk rookie QBs? Yeah, of course. All right. List me. Give me the list of all the quarterbacks taken in the first round of the past five years. Go. Just kidding. I, okay. I'm, 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 I'm joking, Brady. I'm joking. Good God. Don't get all upset about it. Um, so this is sort of the discussion that we were having in a group chat is like where you would slot out, uh, the, this, not necessarily this class. And I asked Ryan Wilson this too. He said, um, in, in, I'm not sure if he was doing it like pre-draft or not, but like, yeah, cause basically the, the, the discussion started about the bears trading the first overall pick. And I suggested, uh, in this chat that. It's a, it's a lot harder to trade the number one overall pick than people think. It's like, ah, oh, we'll just trade one. Well, the problem is you have to have, one, a team that's willing to come up, 
which means you have to have a, you have quarterbacks that are desired enough that a team will move to the number one overall pick. You have to have a team that is willing to sacrifice several current or future first round picks, more than likely. Yeah, and you also have to have a team that is within the like striking distance of the first overall pick in a way that whoever has one is willing to move down. For instance, the Panthers might want the first overall pick and they might be willing to give up a number nine and a future first, but will the, would the bears be willing to move from one to nine knowing that that puts them out of the range of getting like a, um, you know, Will Anderson, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's, as you think it's a little more difficult. It's only happened once since the 2011 CBA changed the, uh, the way the, the first, first round picks are paid. I just think it's a little bit harder to trade the first overall pick than people think. Yeah. Um, there, there's a number of reasons for that, right? Is there a consensus, true, number one, can't miss prospect at the quarterback spot? There's probably reservations with every one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. So you don't have a Trevor Lawrence. You don't have a Joe Burrow. Um, you don't have a Caleb Williams like you'll have next year. So there's some questions. Now, I will say this. If – Bryce Young was a little taller, a little heavier. He would be that guy. He, he is that guy to me. It's just, you know, you got to put him in a, in a position uh, where he's able to excel within a, a system that isn't going to do things that, that don't help the fact that he's not the biggest guy. Um, but you, know, you, wouldn't always want have him, these... you wouldn't want him running like Justin Fields does. You know, like he, he <laughs> no, clearly not. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I'm not even sure the Bears want Justin Fields running as much as Justin Fields runs. Um, but the, the thing about it that's always funny to me is Bryce Young has been the size for a while now. He's won the Heisman. He's excelled to be one of the best, not the best quarterback during his tenure at Alabama in college football. He was one of the best coming out of high school at that size. And, and you can say what's well, the NFL level now, things change, things are different. You're right. Like guys are even bigger. It's even harder to find passing lanes. But, you know, he, he knows how to do all of those things. And I think the thing that impresses me the most about him is his football IQ you could tell in regards to him being such a good decision maker, his anticipation and the way he's able to manipulate a defense. And he also protects himself. So I'm not as concerned about this, the lack of size because kind of similar to Russell Wilson, getting back to his time at NC State in Wisconsin, he, he moved around a lot too. But he also was able to get down and, and protect himself from some of those big, big hits. Uh, it's different than some of the other quarterbacks you see that tend to be more mobile. So uh, I got Bryce Young at the top of this draft class. You know, how does he rank compared to uh, – or how's this draft class rank compared to last year's? I think it's better than last year's. Um, I'm trying to think of well, – Well, sorry. Uh, I mean, look, the um, last year's draft class is either the worst or the second worst uh, quarterback draft class since the new CBA. And I, I think the new CBA is important because, you know, just – I would not agree with that. It was 2013 and then last year, right? Well, yeah, I'd say like 13. I'm trying to go through the years, but um, it's a little early to tell one with that draft class. For, sure. You know, I, I'm just, I mean, like, like go, I mean, look, golf and uh, yeah, I'm saying like at the time, not, not, not necessarily like now, but like at the time, like of the draft last year's, it was like, there might not be one taken in the first round. Same thing, you know, Oh, okay, okay. If you're talking about from that perspective, yes, that, yeah. that, that's fine to say. Yeah, I'm not judging um, him like because I mean, you know, Wentz went two and yeah. now Wentz. I, I wouldn't say this draft class is better than two years prior, right? Um, right? Like if you're kind of looking at how these these classes stack up. Well, all right. So let me um, let me let me frame it this way for you. Um, I'm going to list six quarterbacks, and this that, is the order that I would have had them ranked coming into the draft. These are recently drafted yeah. guys. 
and you can disagree with the ranking however you want. This is I, coming out of college, correct? Coming out of college, correct? As prospects, okay? As prospects, and I, I I'll put it right now. I'll put it right now. Burrow one. I got well, tr- Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence two. Oh, okay. I, one and two is easy. Burrow and Lawrence, and there's a big drop off after that. I, I don't know that there's a big drop off. You know, I, I think. Herbert was one that you looked at and you said he's got the size, he's got the arm strength, he's got the athleticism. Super smart kid. Everything you love about him. Stupid Oregon um, offense. Well, and, and now I think in retrospect, you say, yes. yeah, it was the Oregon offense. You couldn't figure out what exactly to put your finger on. You're like, it was the Oregon offense. Yeah. But even then, even despite the Oregon offense, he got better year after year after year after year. So um, that was kind of the one where you're like, all right, like, you know, hopefully he gets in the right situation and people can, you know, allow him to – push the football down the field, do what he's capable of doing, which clearly, uh, you know, the, the Chargers move on from Joe Lombardi. So they don't even think that Joe Lombardi was allowing him to do that. So um, hopefully Frank Wright gets that position. He'd be perfect for Justin oh, Herbert. Man. I digress. Um, I'm trying to think, you know. So, if here, here's the list I had. Lawrence one, Burrow two. And I don't keep flipping. I don't carry the way, but they're one and two for me easily. Kyler three, two of four and Herbert five. And that, that was obviously wrong. I just didn't like Herbert, and I was dead-ass wrong about it. And then six fields. And I'm curious where you would put Bryce Young on that list of six quarters. I would put Bryce Young for me, based yes. on the tape and everything else. If you're excluding, like, the size and how he's going to project, he would, to me, be ahead of – he'd be after Burrow ahead of Lawrence. Like, Whoa. he does he Whoa. does things on tape that you just don't see other quarterbacks do. You just don't see them do. I mean, I'm telling you, the throws he can make at every single level, short, intermediate, downfield, the way he layers throws, he's got the fastball. He doesn't have to have his body aligned to a throw. He's it, Now, maybe it's not so much his arm that's like whippy like Patrick Mahomes, <clears throat> but he's got this really incredible ability to have like his feet kind of the wrong way or twisting the wrong way and spit the football out incredibly accurately. I mean, it is it is one of the most unique things to watch in Bryce Young watching film, the, the only thing I can say is, like, I genuinely enjoy it. Like, if I'm having a bad day, I'll put on Bryce Young film, <laughs> and I'll just sit back and smile. Because you don't see many people play the game the way he does. He's playing at a different level. Um, as For a guy who burst on the scene his first year, won the Heisman, he was doing things that you don't see guys do in their first year starting. He's just wise beyond his years. He's a humble kid. He just He checks every box you're looking for. The one thing your people are going to hold against him is his size, and that's that's it. But I think he'll be able to overcome that. I think the league's at a different point now too, where we look at smaller quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, for example, you mentioned number one overall. You know, Kyler was one of those guys that he only had one year starting, and in that one year he was phenomenal, dynamic athlete, all of that. But when you looked at the offense itself that Lincoln Riley runs, it's kind of feast or famine. It's like quick screens, quick passes, RPO, you know, or shot downfield. And you're going, okay, how's that exactly going to translate to the NFL? Um, you, you can't just throw to the outside. And a lot of times, shorter quarterbacks have problems throwing over the middle because they can't see quite as well, right? Uh, especially if you're sitting from the pocket. So there's all those things that kind of concern you and you look at. But um, to me, Bryce Young, based on the tape, would be sitting right there amongst that group. You know, CJ Stroud compared to Justin Fields is an interesting one because if you looked at Fields as a passer at Ohio State, you know, I would say Stroud's more accurate. Fields has a stronger arm. Um, obviously, Fields demonstrated the ability to take off and run, and I don't even think he even used it to the extent that he's doing it right now in the NFL. And we didn't think Stroud could, and then he did it in his final game. You're going, okay, he's, he's capable of doing that if he needs to. So those two I'd have kind of as, as like neck and neck, even though I, I do think um, 
you know, Justin Fields has a different type of leadership quality. And, and maybe I feel that way about him more now after the fact. Um, cause, cause it's not like CJ Stroud didn't show that or display that to at Ohio state. Um, but, <clears throat> but I think those two would be tough. I'd probably give the slight edge to Justin Fields, at least coming out of college. Um, you know, we talked about Trevor Lawrence, talked about Kyler Murray, kind of touched on everyone for the most part. Um, two is a guy, again, loved his game. Just the injury concerns were really big. Uh, for me coming out of it, um, his game, how it would translate. You saw times him be able to fit throws into tight windows, make some special throws. And again, you saw that kind of that sense of timing and, and all of it. But you also saw the way he would extend plays. You're like, that's not going to work at the NFL. Like you can extend plays to a degree, but even amongst that play, once you break out of the pocket, you got to throw a run. You know, you can't be moving around too much. And in his case, in college, he got hurt. And even in the NFL, he still sustained some of the same injuries. So <clears throat> that's how I'd kind of categorize some of those guys. I like it. Um, that is, I mean, I, I think that's really interesting, though, what you said about Bryce Young, just putting him above. And, and by the way, if you want more draft talk, check out uh, with the first pick, our new draft podcast with Ryan Wilson and former Vikings GM Rick Spielman. Um, I and by, by the way, he's, he's, he's a part of an offense that was led by Bill O'Brien, a, a former offensive play caller and head coach in the NFL. It's yeah. an NFL system. Like he walks in. And I'm telling you, anyone who, who gets around this kid, who has a chance to interview this kid, who gets him in their board, puts him off the board, he's going to crush it. He's going to – I mean, he's just – he's such a unique talent. Um, and it just comes down to whether or not an organization is able to get over the fact that when you shake his hand, he's not going to be like Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be like Justin Herbert, who has this huge Adonis effect as a, as a player. You know, he, he, he looks small when he's out there. But the way he spins the ball the, around – No, the Brady it's, Quinn effect. It's the Brady Quinn effect. I don't know if we're calling it that. But um, it's, it, it's a, he's a very, very unique talent. You're a, you're a tall, strapping lad. Yeah, and, and look, some people feel like you have to have that to play in the NFL. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sustain a guy for 17 weeks and stay healthy. And, and look, I think you see smaller guys, and we've, we've seen that. Like you mentioned to us, still has injury issues. Zach Wilson, injury issues. Kyler Murray, injury issues. Like you start going through it, and you look at the smaller size guys, like, yeah, like they're, they're going to suffer more injury issues, especially if they can't figure out how to get rid of the football quick and, and can't utilize that. I'm healthy, healthy, young, healthy, short guy here. Uh, let's move along. But, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting because it, it, just for the sake of trading number one, like I think if, if NFL teams feel the way you do about Bryce Young, and I do, I do think it's, there's an interesting component to it of like Russell Wilson kind of changed things for a little bit uh, with shorter quarterbacks. Like, like Baker won, Baker goes one overall, Kyler goes one overall. I think Russell's impact on the league having fallen to the third round probably changed that. But now you sort of wonder with him struggling, you know, will, will that, you know, will people, is there like an ebb and flow when it comes to the short quarterbacks or is that just? Yeah. I mean, look, you had a Hall of Famer and Drew Brees that um, I, I think helped somewhat pave the way for them. Um, There's some other guys you could throw into that conversation probably, but you know, after, you know, Breeza won the Super Bowl in New Orleans, and then you saw Russell Wilson, and he probably slid because of his size. Because, again, you go back to his time at NC State, he was prolific, man. I mean, he, he was a good player. He was a good player at Wisconsin. He had all those tools and intangibles that you were looking for. The only thing was the size. And yep. it's, it still forced him to be – ended up falling in the third round. Literally um, just and, because of the size. Yeah, and, and look, with Kyler Murray, I think it's really interesting. Had it not been Cliff Kingsbury, who was the head coach, who had a prior mm -hmm. relationship with him, who could have won an offense that plays to a skill set, you got to wonder, you know, would would he have been the first overall pick? Would Steve Kime have, have kind of convinced Michael Bidwell to sign up for that that partnership, if you will, now considering the fact that you're, you're not 
you don't have any of that. You don't have Steve Cowan's general manager. You don't have Cliff Kingsbury as your head coach, but you still have Kyler Murray in the contract. Yeah, it is an interesting situation here. So let's talk about some stuff around the league of import and note. <laughs> what? Uh, quarterback sneaks. What's the deal with quarterback sneaks? Uh, the, okay. The, no, no, no. It's the new thing is like the quarterback sneaks and the guy, the running back sprints up behind him and pushes him. Um, one, how did this sort of become like a, like, this is like just sort of happened. And two, why aren't you, why aren't people like putting offensive linemen in the back and having them push the quarterback through? That's, that's well, essentially thing. that's what you do with Patrick Ricard, right? The fullback yeah. of the Ravens is big enough to be an offensive lineman almost. So uh, it almost looks like that's the intent. I've got a question that I really don't have many answers from it. I mean, obviously the rule was changed. You used to not be able to help aid a ball carrier, you know, moving forward. You couldn't push, couldn't pull. Push, um, push. Now you're able to push them. And now it's getting to the point where, you know, you see teams doing it and they're getting two, sometimes up to three yards from it. And, and they're picking guys up and like carrying them, which I, it just, to me, I'm looking at going, okay, I understand the intent of why they initially had outlawed it. And now they are allowing it, but you look at it and it kind of seems like it's venturing into a dangerous play where you've got everyone down around the line of scrimmage and they're boxing all together. And you got 300 pound dudes in the backfield. We're just shoving your multi multi million dollar quarterback <laughs> forward through the other 300 pound men into the other 300 pound men who are there to stop them. It just seems like a recipe for disaster. And yet we, 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 we then compare it to their contrast with roughing the passer where an edge rusher or a D tackle sniffs or sneezes on a quarterback and he's called for a penalty. It's like, I don't know. I'm not so worried with the way the get defender takes the guy down to the ground. I'm more worried with the 300 pound guy who's lifting and carrying the guy. That's the quarterback into the other guy. That's 300 pounds into the other guy, preventing him behind more guys, trying to prevent him. And that whole mosh pit of people, like, isn't this going to end poorly for a quarterback at some point? And maybe the NFL goes, huh? We didn't think about this. Maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should take this <laughs> the back. Reactionary NFL you know? is always right. Well, it's like the. Well, um, it's on like top the of that, that like, is this a passing league? Like, aren't we trying to entice teams to throw the football? If you outlaw that, maybe teams are throwing more on third one, fourth and one, whatever the case is. Some sort of simple, easy completion or screen. I, I just, it seems like now, and, and the Tyler Huntley play is the one that stands out because it basically gave Cincinnati the game, right? The, the, the Sam Hubbard return for a touchdown. But they were tried it from the two, dude. <laughs> like they were, and the best was this kind of leans into another question. But you know, they were what 0.6 yards away from the goal line because apparently there's chips and footballs, which I was unaware of. Before, I don't know if you before were. we get to the microchips, by the way, I am curious. Yeah. Are but, you, but, but still, it was 0.6 yards away. That means think about that. 1.4 yards, but more than a foot. Like you're like that's not even close. But they tried to run a quarterback sneak from there. Like what the hell is going on now with this? Do um. Is it like is is this quarterback thing? Because you know, if you talk, if you see like a Raiders fan or somebody played for the Raiders or somebody worked for the Raiders back when in two thousand one, and you mentioned like you could be like, you could like accidentally say the word "tuck" like around them and they like freak out. Is this pushing of the quarterback triggering for you? As you know. Oh, okay. Because you're oh, okay. I see what you're going for. No, um, I mean, I mean, I'm not. No, I'm not I think to be, the age-old debate. I don't like. I think the age-old debate with this is. And I've always said this to Matt and Reggie. It's like it was illegal then, yet yep. they get away with it and they get a win from it. But then now that it's legal, they feel like it's justified. And I'm like, hold that's on a not, second. That's not how rules. So work. if you're if if you're speeding, all right, you're going over 60 miles an hour, and you get a speeding ticket because you're driving 74. Okay. And let's just say hypothetically, you know, 
eight, nine, 10 years later, they changed that highway to 75 miles per hour. And you're like, well, I'm going to contest this ticket. I was going on to the speed limit now. That doesn't make it right back then. So that's more of that's it's not triggering at all. It's more of the logic that like people try to use behind it or like, oh, I was taking money back in college. Now it's legal for NIL. Well, it wasn't legal then. It's like it doesn't make it right. Like in retrospect now, it's like, uh, I mean, that wasn't how it was supposed to be working. I don't know. Maybe I'm a stickler for no, the that's how No, that's how rules work. Like if they get changed, it's fine. But if they're not changed, it's not. Uh, by the way, I just, Billy, you got to, I said, Billy, the screenshot. Look at this five. That's Reggie Bush. Like, Leinert, he's absolutely like blasting Leiter. Like he's no. launching him to the end zone. It's just not, it's not legal. Well, I always explain. Yeah. I mean, again, there's your definition. By the way, um, kudos to them though. Like that was on what the one, I think the ball was spotted, you know, and they're trying to quarterback sneak. So it's kind of crazy. Leiter is actually facing Reggie. He tried to sneak. He got spun around. He tried to sneak. He got, yeah, he got blown back and then he spun. And then Reggie just bench pressed him basically (laughs) into the, the side of the line in the end zone. Would you like to I, I will. I, I will. I want to see if Billy can find a screenshot of the touchdown I had before this to put us up, because there is a stark contrast. And Billy, I'll try to vamp. You can try to work fast to find maybe a screenshot or a grab of it. But there's a stark contrast between these two plays. There's this one where Reggie is pushing Matt, who initially got. You can see the surge, by the way, by our, our D line and everyone up front. Uh, and then he spins off, and Reggie pushes him in. If you contrast it with my touchdown, it's the exact opposite. I've actually got like a USC defender that's on my back that I'm like dragging into the end zone. I think it was Keith Rivers. I've actually time. got the screenshot. I'll, I'll send it to Billy right now. I just found okay. it. Okay. Man, you were pretty we'll uh, pretty quick for as big as you were. I guess yeah, I, I, I'm known for my quickness, not known for my, my speed down the field, even though I did have uh, a couple of our longest runs, I think, my last two years in college. But, mm. no, this is not triggering in any way. It's just more of uh, – it's interesting that the NFL has changed the rule. And I just, I'm just i waiting for there to be an injury where someone goes – I mean, Mahomes doesn't even do it anymore, by the way, because he got injured doing it. Yeah. But see, very stark contrast, right, between – You're about point six yards, You're about .6 yards away, and you still got in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, still got in. Um, all right, so speaking very, of – Very stark contrast between the two touchdowns and yeah. one needing a little extra help, one, one not so much. Okay. Right, right. So take that liner. I was going to pick, take, take that picture. Okay. You should, you should like file a lawsuit against liner and Reggie Bush. Like a, like, and just, just a frivolous lawsuit and just see the, just, you know, just like, you guys what I should that. do is trademark it. So I own it. And then every time they use it, they have to pay me for it. There you that go. That would be yep. like the, the level ahead of them. Cause they wouldn't think to do that. Right. <laughs> Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah. Um, so speaking of point six yards, we found out uh, within seconds of Tyler Huntley attempting to sneak the ball into the end zone that he was 0.6 yards away because the NFL next-gen stats account let us know that with the microchips in the football, and this sent everybody in a tizzy, they're like, I'm sorry, what? You have microchips? And instead you're choosing to use several geriatric men like 25 yards away? With sticks. <laughs> with sticks. <laughs> what do you think, Bill? I don't know. I think it was about right here. Okay. Uh, did you see what happened on there, Jimmy? He's like, no. Hey, I didn't see now, now, the, the chain, the chain is tangled up 
We got to untangle the tan. It's going to be a minute. It, it, it's going to be a minute. And, and the chain is like only official on one side of the field, too. It's like, well, I got to bring it in for the other side. Yeah. You only got one side of it. I, I, I mean, we've advanced to like the digital ones, right? I think they have like the laser or something. I don't know. But. I mean, remember our, our colleague, Gene Steratore, a few years ago, used an index card. He put an index card between the plays. Like, well, as you can clearly see, this is not a first down. Um, I mean, would that one speed up the process of determining first down, fourth down, like whatever the situation is. And on top of that, it eliminates the onus on the TV networks to provide a clear and definitive angle, whether they're breaking the plane or even just the yard market, like the yard to gain. Like this would clear up a lot of ambiguity right now in the NFL, but we didn't, no one wanted to tell us there's chips in the footballs. Like what do these things look like? How much do they weigh? Maybe they played an impact in Brett Maher's kicks that kept sailing right. Like, maybe it was the chip in the football. Maybe he had unvaccinated footballs, and that's why they wouldn't go through the uprights. No, that's, no, no we're not going to make vax jokes? Okay, I thought we were going to do that. All right, never mind. I don't know. Is it too soon? I don't know what's too I, soon. I, don't I, just, I stay away from all that. I made a joke like that on the radio, and it got a laugh, so I thought I'd try. Um, oh, God. Yeah, you got you to be a volume shooter out here in these streets, Brady. Uh, <laughs> the, um, like Tim Hardaway. And just God, I like Tim Hardaway back there. Sure, yeah. he's shooting 20%, but he's making a lot of threes. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the other thing too is, so what we heard too is like, well, the NFL, do, and, and I understand, and this is how somebody asked me, uh, Darren Smith asked me about this on, on San Diego Radio, and I said, Here, here's the two things. The reason why we don't use the microchips for, for actual in-game purposes is just like for fun stats. You know, like Tyree Kill ran 26 miles an hour. Um, one, your demogra- the two demographics that are important are the demographics of the NFL owners and the demographics of a lot of people who watch football. And when I, I mean, you got a bunch of old, rich, white dudes in the first one. And then you got a bunch of baby boomers. They don't want the microchips. You can't take them chains away to take their jibs. Um, there would be an, like the NFL is it caters to that older fan base a lot of times. So you're telling me the job creation created by the chain gang is what's keeping them? That's a South Park joke. That's it because they're providing jobs to what's it six people? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. That. Is that what you're trying to claim right now? No, 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 no. It's a South Park. Joke. Okay. He goes. So what's the math on that? Hold on. Is that 96 jerk. people? Right. So let's just say all all 32 teams are playing at 16 games times six. We've got 96 people Part-time who are jobs. employed by the NFL, and they're too concerned about cutting out that portion of their labor force and not providing. Right. <laughs> That's what I you're like saying? That. I like that idea, though. It's like, is it interesting? Yeah, ain't no robots taking the job. You've never seen that South Park. You need to see it. I've oh. seen that South Park. And by the way, that was the robots one. There's plenty of other ones where they, they took our job. They took our job. They took our job. They took our job. It's okay. I'm more of a Family Guy kick of late. I feel like Family Guy has now taken over for South Park as far as pushing the boundaries of like, is that too soon? <laughs> like, can you say that or joke about that or is it too soon? I don't know. I mean, like in the, I mean, and it aired on Paramount Plus and you can watch it on Paramount Plus. I highly suggest you subscribe to Paramount Plus. I think you get a free month free if you go sign up right now. Uh, but you can go watch the pandemic special, South Park pandemic special. It aired like whenever I was locked down, they ran it. It was like, Randy Randy Marsh caused the, the pandemic by having uh, relations with something called a pangolin. Um, sure, why not? Anyway, Dude, yeah, boy, that, we really got there fast. Um, so uh, uh, microchip. So, oh yeah. So the demographics, the two demographics. That's what I was saying. And then the other thing too is that they claim that the microchips are not. They don't believe that they are accurate enough. 
Well, which is more of the issue, right? Like anyone who uses any sort of GPS tracking device or wearable when you work out, like I was just doing this because, you know, the people have the whoop bands and people have like the aura rings or whatever it's called. And I got a watch, like there's the Apple watch, there's a Garmin watch. And I'm not going to say like what I've been using, how I've been trying to compare them, but I'm always for like, all right, I'm, I'm here to kind of track some calorie counts and all that stuff. The sleeping stuff, I'm like, okay, I don't need a wearable device to tell me if I didn't sleep well. Cause I'm pretty sure, right? Like if you get blasted at a dinner, guess what? I know I'm probably not going to sleep all that night. Right. So I don't need my phone with an app to remind me that I'm hungover right now. And I did not sleep well the night before. I got that message loud and clear when I woke <laughs> up to take a, take a, you know, go to the bathroom <laughs> at 2am. Okay. Yeah. I realized then while I was still intoxicated that it's not going to be a good morning. Right. Um, it's like, but, it's like the uh, the screen time app when it like it's, it's like it, I turned it off because it, it would be like Sunday at 10 a.m. You your screen time is up 300 percent this week. It's like hey, you yeah. know what, buddy? It's Sunday. Why don't yeah. you deliver that on Wednesday? I don't. What need do it you think Sunday. it was gonna be? Okay, huh? How AI? How little robot in my in my community? You know, Siri, Alexa, whatever your name is. Yeah. Um, it's also it, like you, wait, you're the one. I'm on your screen. You're delivering me the news. Like F you, yeah. dude. Like it's just, put it in the mail. <laughs> but um, back to the the wearables. Like so, even in that, obviously, like I'll go on a run, and I can do like uh, the Google Maps version of point to point and get an estimation, and then the run and get an estimation. Um, and it's just like it's always a little bit off. Whether it's like the calories burned, the distance, like. There's even a setting where if you're running on a treadmill, it'll calculate the distance that you're running on the treadmill, how long, based on the pace, and I'm assuming my arm swing and the movement, right? The treadmill had me going at a pace where it was like, I don't know, an eight-and-a-half-minute mile. I was done with the mile in seven minutes, and I was like, part of me wanted to be like, yep, my watch said I'm done. I'm done. That was a mile, even though the treadmill's like, no, you lazy ass. You still have like another minute-and-a-half of running to equate to that mile. Like, but anyway, like that's the problem that ships the football. Like, hey, he broke the plane. They're on the 20-yard line. Like, it's a little <laughs> bit off here. Like, the, the officials are like, oh, we just – touchdown? Yeah. They're like, no, the dude – the guy, they fell down on the 20. Like, the ball's way back it's there. It's midfield. Yeah, like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. And, and that's – and you know that, like – so, I mean, they, you know, Next Gen Stats tweets out he's point six yards away. You know, you know they, the officials. The officials would be like – Touchdown? <laughs> like, I am did someone call Roger? Like, it, I, I mean, I thought he, saw, I thought he fell with a twenty, but the chips, the chips sand a touchdown. Let's give it to him. Um, oh, that's a good point from Andy. Uh, Andy in the chat. There are also instances in the data where the with the chips where they don't even get the correct ball. So, like, you've got fifty footballs that you're using for this game. Like, maybe you got the K, like, like you've got the K ball, right? The kicking ball, and they're using the data to decide, you know, the chip to decide if it goes in in between the uprights or not. And all of a sudden, it's like. Well, uh, it appears that the field goal missed wide left and is on the bench right now. That's, uh, you know, like there's actually, so there's actually ways of counteracting that. Um, and I won't go in too in depth in this cause I don't want to be a D bag. Um, and like, for example, tweet something and then, um, applaud my own tweet and like pat myself on the back. But I do have a, well, I'm just, it's, it's, there's someone out there who did that, um, recently. Um, <laughs> we'll explain after the show. Uh, oh, there, there was a company that I was able to invest in oh. or they were putting chips into basketballs. And so part of the, uh, the way they went about actually, and what it, what it provided was real-time stats. 
So, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, all right, there's multiple basketballs in a basketball game, not as much as footballs, but they also had wearables um, and they've also had the ability to, based on each net, be able to track that, which I assume you just kind of configure that on uprights, depending on the distance or other portions of the field to then figure out which football it is, right? Because you're not going to have all those footballs moving around that much. You're going to have one that's going out in the middle of the field where it's going to be moving. Um, so you either have static uh, cameras or devices that are able to track that particular chip that's active, uh, or you tap into some of the GPS trackers that are already within some of the equipment players are wearing. So if you, if, for example, looked at that Sam Hubbard, Hubbard play, you're saying, oh, well, how are they able to track Sam Hubbard's you know, speed when he's running? Because he's got the football with them? No, it's because they're already wearing GPS tracking devices, yeah. right? And that's why they knew Mark Andrews at 250 pounds almost hit 21 miles per hour, which, side note, ridiculous like absolute gazelle for a guy's 250 um so that would that's where you would get all of those to work together in unison much like this particular piece of um technology they were able to determine like what was an assist who shot who you know who rebounded the ball if it was a steal they were able to track all that because the world wearable device in the player but also the chip in the ball and then using that all together and if I recall, I said this, and I don't want to. I'm pretty sure this is right. It's been 11 years, so I could be, I could be wrong. But I believe in the 2011 CBA, there's actually a lot of like some issues with the NFL wanted to implement all this tracking and more, you know, more more data gathering, and the, and the union was, as as most unions are going to be against management, hesitant to give you know, to allow the ability to track, like you know. Yeah, well, be, be, and this is the reason. You know, it's it's our data. You know, it's our bodies, it's our data, yep. and, and and you can you can imagine like that stuff could be used for and against you based on, you know, how you you know work over the course of a season, from, everything from else. A it should, standpoint. Yeah, sure, and, and and it should be used to then point out, you know, hey, this guy needs more rest. Like he was running at 22 miles per hour throughout practice or in a game, maybe 22 or something like that. But then now in week whatever, he's at 20, right? Like, what's right. the drop off? Is he hurt? Is he not resting up? Is he not recovering? But, you know, th- there's a number of issues why that stuff never really worked because really coaches, they say they look at it. They don't really look at it. Right. What happens is you practice and you go hard and all that. And then the guy who gets shafted is the strength coach. It's right. like, okay, yeah. uh, I saw how much you ran at practice. You really needed rest. So I guess we're just going to do nothing now for your strength training. Um, <laughs> just go recover, do this, you know, foam roll, whatever. Um, that's usually how that ends up working out. Because And the other thing is as a player, like as a quarterback, for example, if you've got a new concept and you're working with a guy who hasn't run that route that often or, or the timing of, of that particular play, you throw it a couple times, you don't feel as confident. Hey, run it a couple more, run it a couple more. Well, the player is going to do it. You're going to do it. So you feel good about that. You know, if, if you know, you're being asked then to go condition or do something extra in the weight room, that's probably the, the part where you're like, ah, I'm going to miss that. So I ensure that I get the reps I need to in practice. Time. But look, it's like this in the business world. You know this. Having control of the data is one of the biggest things so that you can figure out what you want to do do with it and take from it. And that was one of the biggest uh, stopping points, I think, at that point, is they just weren't really sure how it was going to be used, and they didn't want to give away something without getting something back. Uh, and so clearly the, the union want to protect their data, especially for the players. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I really appreciate that was the nicest thing you've ever said to me. You're like, in the business world, and you know this. So it's like, I'm a biz guy. Yeah, you know. You're a savvy guy. Yeah. I'm a savvy guy. That's right. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, maybe we'll mention Aaron Rodgers' comments. Oh. Maybe we'll talk about Tom Brady. And maybe we'll, we we'll talk about how we've all been there. What about a one-way ticket to Thailand? Oh, we talk about Cliff Kingsbury, too. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, if Brady Quinn, if you had a one-way ticket. A one-way ticket? Yes. Anywhere in the world. Like, you well, have $27 million. Although, I mean, Mike Florio, I guess, like, wrote a post claiming that Michael Bidwell could sue Cliff Kingsbury because he's not trying hard enough to get a job. Like he's like flaunting the fact that he's, it's like, it's not happening, Mike. That to me is the dumbest thing that would never hold up. Right. Like, hey, bud, you agreed to it nine months ago. Yeah. Like you agreed to the contract extension. You now fired you me. Get out of it. Like that's on you, man. Yeah. Uh, where would you go with your one-way ticket? I don't know. I'm trying to think about some places I've, I've never been that I'd want to go see. I mean, Australia seems awesome. I would love to maybe go tour around there. Um, it's so far away that, you probably have to with the travel to get there. Just course, hang out course, there course, for a while. Flush and reverse another. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see that too. You know, like, I, I mean, I guess you crazy. could probably just configure a toilet to go the opposite way here, but maybe not. Could, could you? I don't know. I'm I'm sure you could figure out a way of doing it. Well, I don't know, man. You couldn't just shoot water out in a bowl and make it go the opposite way of how it currently <laughs> trains. What are you talking about here? I don't know. Is that is that that complicated? I don't know. No, it doesn't seem like it. Okay. Then why are there anyway. no why are there no left-handed toilets then? All the to- all toilets are right-handed. It's because the majority of the human population is right-handed. Yeah, because all those. But by the way, what do you consider the ones where it's like right behind you in the middle? What do you consider that? That's neither just, left or right. I just use my foot with those. I don't touch those with my hand. Those. Are you talking about the, no, I'm talking about like the circular ones you got to push oh, yeah. down? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's that's uh, that's called cancel culture. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, because they were so so afraid of offending left-handed folks. Left-handed, left-handed. But again, and I'll give this freaks. tip out to people. There's left-handed when you freaks drink too much. Offended. All right, when you drink too much, you're a little concerned about passing out in that spot. You just use the toilet backwards, and that's where you rest up top, so you can just flush whenever you want. It's right. It's right there. You're resting here on the top of the toilet, and it's right there. You have a big week or something. Um, what? I'm just kidding. Billy's left-handed. Like I said, the left-handed freaks out there. So, Billy, do you feel discriminated against because there aren't many left-handed toilets besides the one that's like right behind you in the middle, which I guess is as left-handed as it gets? Yeah, I definitely feel discriminated. You know, us left-handed people get treated very foully in this country. So, hate that to is see true. It. Like, I'll be honest with you too. I heard a coach one time be like, huh, "When I drafted that guy, what's draft a left-handed guy? You got to flip all the play sheet and all that stuff around." I was like. Yeah, I never really thought of that. That would probably uh, that would probably be a little more difficult. And then, like all the guy you invested all the money in the left tackle, now it's not quite as he's, important. He's protecting the, the opposite of the blind spot or blind side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. 
I should um, say though, I'm a little ambidextrous because I do a lot of sports things with my right hand, but I do write with my left. So yeah, I'm pretty, I think yeah. in the end, like you're just a heightened individual compared to the rest of us because you had to like go against the grain to learn everything. So you're definitely like more more of a um, you know Renaissance man, most likely. You're you're amphibious to quote uh, Charles Shackelford. Old NC State guys, there he's asking me, like, why do you shoot with your left hand? He's like, I'm amphibious. What? He's like, no, 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 it's it's ambidextrous. He said amphibious. Uh moving along. I would take I would take my one-way ticket to um I've actually never traveled to Europe, so I would probably go do that. Hey dude, you can't just go to a continent and then I just like that's it. Asia going to Europe. Going to Europe. Asia. Um no, that that was a continent joke. Uh yeah, I would take um actually no, I would go to the I would go to, like the uh British Virgin Islands, I think, and just kick it around there for a while. That's it? You can get like a, a, a cruise deal and go there like, like tomorrow. That's your one-way ticket. The British version. I'm sure they're really nice. I don't mean to offend people, but like, my God, that's your one-way ticket to a place that like you can probably find right now. Billy, please go to Charlotte. Up. A cruise to the British Virgin Islands. See if you can find an all-inclusive trip for like $5.99 for like a three-night, four-day deal. The airplane, <laughs> I mean, it might be like a thousand now because you know, traveling on airplanes is so expensive to get there. But seriously, Billy, look up an all inclusive trip to BB on a cruise. There has to be one that's like really cheap. All right, let's move. I on. cannot believe that. That's that's okay. I was, just, I was just thinking about somewhere nice I'd like to go. Fine, fine. Uh, you know what? I go to uh, Ireland. You want to I mean, I've been there, I, I'm not I against that. It's you awesome. Like, the people are like super Irish nice. People. You don't like Irish people, huh? Do you? I love Irish people. Don't like Catholics or Irish people. people, I bet, do you? They're the kind they're the kindest people there. And by the way, like they know how to go to have a good time. They know how to like have conversation, talk to one another. I love so I love it over there. I, I I would just go around and play golf and, and drink whiskey and ride bikes and chat with people in pubs. I'd come back yeah. really fat. Yeah, there's a lot of drinking involved. All right, let's move on. Right, we have anything else? Hold on, Billy's got a Billy's got a price in this. Oh, for crying out loud! Five twenty-one. I get it. Yes, yes. I knew it. That's your one-way ticket, you cheap ass. I've come so close to dropping an S bomb on this podcast like three times. You're so cheap. That's where you want to go. Look at that. Is that seven nights? Is that what that means? <laughs> Eight nine. Oh my god! Are you serious? Stroke out. And just to, just to let everybody know, this is Royal Caribbean, great cruise line. I've cruise line there my whole life. So great, very upscale. So yeah, great cruise line. See, look at that. That's where your one way ticket is. Whatever. Uh, uh, now I want to go to like Bali or somewhere like remote. Oh, I'm going to do Bali. My parents go to Bali. My parents have been to Bali a couple times. This, you know, oh, of course. That's a humble brag. Get out of here. Get, well, we don't know. We got a transition. I've never been there. So relatable. So, oh, my parents have been to Bali. <laughs> nobody here, nobody in this podcast thinks I'm relatable. Um, so, Tom Brady. Let's talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers because we probably only got okay. like, what, five or 10 more minutes. Yep. Um, we'll do, let's do 10 minutes on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Brady, free agent now, gave an emotional press conference. Didn't I don't think he ruled out. He didn't. So, was so emotional? Because he said goodbye to the media. I mean, he's out. He's, he's, done, in, he's done in Tampa, right? Um, I mean, that press conference, and especially the way he left it off, 
It might lead you to think that. I, I don't know. I mean, there's rumors that Byron Leftwich, they might move on from him. I'd heard from some folks he wasn't, you know, overly impressed with the direction the offense went with Byron calling the plays. And I guess it just goes to show you, too, like for people who thought, oh, when Bruce kept, Bruce Arians kept saying, oh, it's all Byron, it's like, no, it's not. Like, mm-hmm. clearly Bruce Arians had an impact not only on that offense, but the play calling and the way the plays were called and what plays were being called. Um, because if you ask Tom Brady like at 45, he's not going to go out there and just want to run the football. Like I'm like, hey, dude, I'm not. He's going to throw the football as much as humanly possible. And it just so happens the last two years and this year in particular, threw the ball more than ever. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe with Byron Leftwich, if he's not there and they bring in someone who he'd be more of a fan of, maybe that entices him to come back. It's just, you know, I think you, gotta, you gotta look at what options are out there for you. And I don't know how many there are. I mean, obviously the Raiders are one of the teams. Everyone wants to connect the dots with Josh McDaniels. They have Devontae Adams. They've got some pieces. But what's the point then? Is it to win a Super Bowl? Because I don't know that their roster is any better than the other three teams in the division. Obviously not the Chiefs. And then you got to deal with the Chargers and the Broncos, who I think should be improved. You ain't winning the AFC West at 8-9. and I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's not the case. So – um, that's not an easy spot. You know, I, I do wonder if like the Miami ship has sailed a, because of how well Tua played, they've made a commitment to him to for next year, take that for what it's worth. Um, but also because like once all that stuff came out about Sean Payton and Tom Brady and the meddling, it was like, well, <laughs> we, they found out we can't do this anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like if, they just, if Steven Ross just figured out a way of doing it this year, wouldn't people be like, hold on a second. Like, you can't do this. Like, yeah. we already found out about this elaborate scheme. Like, Brian Flores already told us about this. Like, you can't just do it now like a year later. Like, everyone forgot about it. So, I don't know that Miami's an option. And then it's like, all right, where else are you looking? The Jets? I can't – I just can't see him going to the Jets. Um, And so, I don't know. I mean, you look at some of the places. Like, Carolina, is he going to go there? So, there's, there's some – I was on Panthers – Panthers. I was on um, Charlotte Radio this morning. Um. And they met the, you know, uh, the Mac attack. They asked me about uh, Sean Payton and Tom Brady as a, as a combination in, in Carolina. That feels like a bridge too far for me. Now, if David Tepper can go convince, can go, he's meeting with Sean Payton this week. If he, can, if he says, I'll give you $25 million to be the Panthers coach. And there is, you have unlimited resources and un, <clears throat> excuse me, unlimited ability to go get a star quarterback. If you want, whether it's Rogers, Brady trade up in the draft, whatever you want to do, you do whatever you got to do. Carte blanche. I'll, you know, all the resources you need are at your disposal. You can do whatever you want. Then maybe that's a possibility, but I just don't really see that happening. Like Sean Payton in Carolina, we're coaching against the Orleans twice a year. Yeah, it's kind of odd. And, and, and even then, like, is it about money? I mean, it, like if, if you're Tom Brady, is that if he pays you 50 million a year, like let's finish this thing out, give you a two year deal, I'll give you 50 million a year. Is that enough to go? Oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know how all that's going to work out. He's got some personal you know stuff going on. So I would think he'd Look, be less likely to walk away from football given his personal situation. I, I well, I think if that was holding up in the past, it's obviously not now. So, <laughs> you know, it opens things up to where he could go. People have shot around Tennessee because uh, of his relationship with Mike Vrabel. Maybe that's a potential shot. You got Derrick Henry still there, so it takes the pressure off. But it kind of goes back to what I said a moment ago. Like, you're Tom Brady. Are you really going to keep playing this game at this age? Put your body through all of it to turn around and hand off to Derrick Henry? Right. Um, and so it comes out of like what his motivation is, what he's looking to get out of the experience. If it's a Super Bowl, it's kind of tough. I mean, the Titans do have a good roster when healthy. Um, they obviously are in a much more winnable division in the AFC, but like you'd almost rather go to the NFC if you could, considering 
like look at the I mean, if you looked at the quarterbacks coming to the wild card round, you're like, all right, like Tom Brady's in it. Like he should be able to find his path through. It didn't work out, but I mean, the I don't you, know. You, you had this down as a topic, and we'll, no, we'll get, I mean, not to sideways into it, but like the AFC is loaded for the next ten years loaded. with quarterbacks. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. I mean, when you looked at was that coming into the wild card round, I had that list of quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, it's Lawrence, Mahomes, Hurts. Oh, no, that's Hurts is an NFC. Sorry. Uh, Allen, Burrow. Well, yeah, that, this is the quarterback still remaining. The average age is 25. The oldest is Dak, I think, at 29. I mean, the NFL has always found themselves in a good position when you have some legends move on who are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. And right now, like, just look at right now in, in the, the playoff scenario, in the divisional round, you've got all these young quarterbacks who – have played really well and seem to be the, the faces of these franchises moving on. Um, and it has to be the, the youngest average age that we've ever seen for quarterbacks in the, in the divisional round, right? 25.3 or points, you yeah, know, something crazy. like that. Uh, it, it's, it's absolutely yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show Tuesday said, uh, essentially said like, yeah, I can still play at a high level. And then was asked about, you know, is it Green Bay or somewhere else sort of, you know, did what Aaron Rodgers likes to do in the off, as the offseason begins for him. And say that you know it could be could be somewhere else. Who knows? Who's to say? I mean, it's just very a very. It's. I'm not saying he's trying to draw attention to himself. It's just he he he's yeah. putting it out in the universe. I think this is a trying year. I mean, yeah. for him, if you look at you know how things worked out, they really never found that true groove. I think as the season wore on, obviously Christian Watson got better and kind of stepped into a, a, a better role. Um, but it's hard. They battled some injuries. They, they battled offensively, just struggling mightily. Um, and a lot of the, the people and the things that the organization did were on account of him. They're the things that he wanted. And he wasn't able to replicate you know, the past couple of seasons as an MVP. So I'm sure it was stressful. It was frustrating. It was exhausting. And he probably just wants to you know, try to find some clarity in how he feels. I ultimately think that he comes back as part of the Packers in part because like they're not going to move on from him. I think it'd be hard to do that. So I feel like a trade at this point probably is unlikely. They've already made their bed and agreed to this contract with him. But even more than that, if you're him, you know, what other place, if it's about winning a Super Bowl and trying to get that second Super Bowl, is there a team that's rosters better suited than the Packers that you could go to? I mean, we just talked about destinations for Tom Brady. Let's go back over them. Las Vegas, how's that a better destination for you? Um, maybe you could say San Francisco. Like that's the one that I think both Todd Brady and Rogers might come in and look at. But they've got a young guy on his rookie deal who's Mr. Irrelevant that's playing really well for them. Maybe they see a young Todd Brady and Brock Purdy. I don't know. And they still have Trey Lance who's hanging around. I mean, Grapple's a free agent, so it kind of clears that up. But um, you know, you got to figure out you got to give up assets to get Rogers under contract. Brady, you could get for you know, not free, but you gotta sign him to a deal. So there's there's all the different nuances to how that would work. I think both. Brady and Rogers probably look at San Francisco as like, yeah, dude, everyone who plays for Kyle Shanahan just puts up yards, points, and wins. So yeah. why would I want to be a part of that at the end of my career? And especially for two guys who are NorCal guys. Um, it makes all the sense in the world. I just think it'd be hard for the Packers to want to uh, trade him to a in the conference, conference opponent that yeah. you're going to probably see if you want to make a run to the playoffs at some point. Um, so, I mean, a team that's beaten your butt in the playoffs several times in the past few years. Yeah, I just – I can't see it. I can't see it playing out any other way other than Rodgers coming back to Green Bay if he comes back. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, it's it's interesting. You know, he was able to watch what Brett Favre did down towards the end to him. 
And he's very different from Brett, obviously, and how he discusses things with the media and handles himself. But he's kind of doing the same thing now to Jordan Love. And it's just interesting that I'm sure he didn't appreciate it. I'm sure Jordan <laughs> Love doesn't appreciate it. And yet we're seeing history repeat itself. So that's the one kind of takeaway that I have on it. And and I, I look far, you know, he's not gonna be like far where he draws out to training camp and comes in in a bunch of like mud boots and something with a fishing pole. It's like, well, I was down in Mississippi fishing. I was like, you know what? I want to come back and play. I want to come back and play. It, it is tantalizing though to think that the Jets, which aren't in the NFC, and obviously Woody Johnson's already said like, hey, I'll p- do whatever it takes, pay whatever it takes. If they bring him in, now you're starting to say, all right, that's a good roster. He could win with that roster. Um, it's New York. Not sure how he'd look at that and, and the media there. But that would be uh, a, a team that would m- immediately become a contender and, and I think has the personnel around the quarterback position to do so. I have no idea what the Nathaniel Hackett interview was a part of. I mean, if that was part of the thought, like, oh, if we bring in Nathaniel Hackett, we'll oh, yeah, Rogers, about that. Well, yeah, they didn't work too well in Denver yeah, exactly. if that was a, a thought or that part of the conversation. Um, and I'm not sure that's easy to sell to your fan base. So you're like, hey, let's bring in the, the guy who just got fired because he couldn't get Rodgers to come and we'll sign him and, and then, then Rodgers will come join us. All right. Uh, we'll get out of here. Got time okay. for you to go. You got to okay. go do your Do you thing. want to talk about anything else like that's on your mind? I don't know. No. Do you send me something about NC State's home opener next next year? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Did you like me tagging you all over the place on social media? I bet that was annoying. Oh, is that what you did? Yeah. Well, you texted it to me. No, I, I tweeted and, and Instagram tagged you. Oh. So come get this L at Brady Quinn on Instagram. Wow. Is that what you said? Yeah. Pretty, uh, Pretty aggressive for somebody who's an, under, an underdog against, against Sam Hartman. And yeah, team. so your home underdog, huh? Versus Hartman, who's... He's done all right against NC State, hasn't he? Oh God, he gives us nightmare fuel. Um, that's pretty cool, though. <laughs> nightmare fuel. I wish. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Would you say that he's got a better roster uh, in Notre Dame? At least yeah, y'all be favorite coming in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, although we got um, we got uh, Armstrong from Virginia along with his old OC, Robert and I, which is part of the package deal because that's when Brennan Armstrong really balled out for Virginia yeah. a couple years ago when he had yeah. an eye. So. Yeah, runner up. Um, so that, that'd be a package deal. Yeah, package deal. You know, it sucks though that you will, because you 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 know you're a hard worker and a superstar on that Fox show that you do. You'll you'll be somewhere like you won't you won't be in Raleigh for the game because it's not of a of course not. Well, it's also because Fox won't have that game. So, well, it's just able to be fun if you came here to Raleigh to Ra- to Raleigh, and we pounce. You can have some toughies to Raleigh. You, you almost say like rally, not Raleigh. It's a rally, rally, rally. You know, he's uh, coming to um, rally tomorrow night is uh, Anthony Jeselman, comedian. Oh, he's uh, he's got some controversial humor. Oh, he <laughs> does. Right, yeah. Oh, he does. You know, he was on he and Greg Rosenthal, who works at NFL uh, Media. Those um, around they they had the they had a, a Jeselnik and Rosenthal podcast that was like all hosted by the NFL for a year. And the NFL was like, you know what? We may have made a mistake. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's like to move it over to Comedy Central. But it's, yeah. Well, yeah. Be careful about what you venture, venture into entertainment-wise. Yeah, exactly. uh, all right. You got to go hang with Pete Prisco. Congratulations on uh, coming to Rally. Hopefully we'll have a box. better week of picks. Yeah. And we'll see you in Rally. All right, buddy. See you, Brady. All right. See you. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. 
don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.